Welcome to the UK Run Chat podcast. I'm Joe Williams, and in today's episode, Michelle is chatting with Sunday Times bestselling author, travel writer, mother, and runner, Liz Fraser. Michelle and Liz chat about how Liz got into running, her big goals for her 50th year, how she keeps motivated to train, strength training, and her plans for writing about her running. So there's an interesting book in the planning and also running in Italy. Um, Our sponsors today are our charity partners at Macmillan. Because cancer can affect lives in so many ways, Macmillan are doing whatever it takes to support everyone who needs it. Macmillan are offering UK Run Chat runners an exclusive 20% discount off your registration fee on some of the UK's top events, including the Great North Run, Royal Parks, Hackney Half Marathon, Great Birmingham Run and the Southampton Running Festival. So make sure you use code UKRUNCHAT20 to get your discounted place and help Macmillan support the 3 million people in the UK living with cancer. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this episode with Michelle and Liz and we'll see you on the next episode. Hi Liz, thank you so much for joining us on the UK Run Chat podcast today. We're really excited to have you on and just learn a little bit more about you. So you want to just like to be here by the way. I've just totally interrupted you in the in the first 10 seconds of this, but I'm so so happy to be doing this because you guys have been absolutely lovely to me and for me and I've met loads of really lovely runners through through UK Run Chat. So yay for doing this. There we go. Yeah, it's really <laughs> nice to have you on. We just we want to learn more about our community members. So mm. we thought we'll get you on. We love seeing all your running posts and find them very motivational. So um I mean do you want to just start by telling us just a little bit about you and your running and where it started? really yeah I'd be really happy to um so I've been I haven't been running as a runner um really until I was about 30 um I mean I'm I'll be 50 this year um but before that you know I I I ran as a child you know at school on school sports days as we all do but I was good at it and I liked it um and my mum was a runner when she was in her teens and in her into her 20s and my mum really encouraged running and made us I think all aware of athletics track and field actually so I think there are many people who grow up you you know just not connected to that at all it might be football or it might be rugby or whatever it might be but for us it was athletics and um that was very much part of our life we'd go and see athletics meets occasionally so it wasn't weird for me to be on an athletics track for example that was a very normal environment for me um and then I guess yeah after I had my kids in my early 20s um I sort of picked up running at that point and you know these races were just starting up as a normal thing something like the race for life I don't know when that started exactly but I started doing those in about 2000-ish, give yeah, or take. I think that was my first race, actually, a race for yeah. life. Yeah, really? really, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and they were 5Ks, weren't they? In yeah, those? And it was yeah. a real fun run. It was a fun run. Everybody wore pink and, you know, raised money. And off we went, did our 5, 5K. And, and as they just grew and grew and then more and more people started realizing, my God, you know, people love getting involved in, in fun runs, which then became less fun runs and more run runs. <laughs> and um, I mean, I would love to know the statistics for how many serious, semi-serious to serious runners there are now compared with 20 years ago. I think it would be a absolutely phenomenal increase um yeah how wonderful is that so just and just to finish up like where am I now as I've been going up through my 40s and my pace has you know gone 5ks are struggling a little but but I've got my goals for this year 
then I started doing tens and then I started doing half marathons. I think the first half marathon was maybe eight, nine years ago, something like that in Cambridge. Um, I think it was the first Cambridge half marathon. Actually, I did that one Um, and discovered that actually, you know, you, you can, you can do a pretty decent half marathon when you've lost your, you know, your sprinting pace, you can do quite well. And I love it. And I am very competitive against myself and yeah, why not? I I, I just, you know, it's part of my character. It's part of my nature. It's kind of. Yeah. I think, I think it's great. I mean, how, how do you keep motivated then? You know, what, what kind of drives you to keep going and keep improving? I think two things. Um, the first is that I know I always feel better when I'm fitter and when I'm stronger. Um, there has never been a part, a point in my life where doing the work, getting fitter again has made me feel less good than I did before. And generally I feel worse when I have become sluggish in, not just in my, you know, my sort of myself and physically, but my thinking and all of that. So I think that's the first thing. And the second is, is genuinely, I do actually, when, when it's going well, when it's going well, I enjoy it. I mean, what a feeling is that, you know, people listening to this, I'm sure will identify, you know, even if you hit a sweet spot for only five minutes out of a 10K training run, those five minutes are very nice. (laughs) Yeah, they are, aren't they? Yeah, you think it's clicked, it's all going well. Yeah. Yeah, it's like flying. It's just like, and I think if you've never felt that, if you've never pushed yourself to the moment where, you know, after six months of trying, you suddenly hit a sweet spot. And it's like all the wonderful things in the world just happened in my body right now. It's like, <laughs> when does that usually it? come? Is that when you're kind of pushing yourself hard on intervals? Because I had that on Tuesday. I was doing intervals and I was oh, like the wind you. in my face and I thought, this is brilliant. And then it gets harder. But do you feel that when you're running really fast or is it kind of when you're in the zone on a tempo run or? Uh, I get both and it's very different. I, I, I think after about 5k, after 5k, which is slightly annoying when you're trying to do a park run, which is 5k and you just get to the end and think, ah, I'm ready now. But after about 5k, something happens. And if I, if I actually, if I pause at that point, just stop, have a stretch, I'll absolutely fly for an hour after that really easy. Um, but yeah, I did, I did some hill sprints a couple of days ago. I did 10, one and two, it doesn't really count. Then always about three and four, I think I'm going to die. Definitely can't do any more. <laughs> and then I had a couple of beauties. I was like, yes, okay. So that was quite good. But you got to, oh, sorry. My, my email just came in. Do you hear that when my email comes in? Yeah, don't worry about it. Sorry. Yeah, don't worry. Wasn't even anything interesting either. So, you know. <laughs> We'll just carry on professionally. Nothing happened there. <laughs> yeah, go on. So you were saying about your your sweet spot and your running. So how how you know how are your long runs going at the moment? Because you've got some big goals this year, haven't you? Well, what I'm doing this year is kind of waking up again. Really, mm. um, I mean, you, you know, anyone who's followed my story, you know, I, I've been working in the media for twenty twenty five years. So that you know, it's not me trying to sound grandiose and interesting, but you know, there are a lot of people who have read my books or followed my writing or my life over a long period of time. Um, and, and, and that's lovely for me because I feel like people kind of have come along with me and I've, I've picked up friends along the way. Um, but yeah, I think it's fair to say that the last, um, 
yeah, seven or eight years of my life have been very, very difficult, um, especially, you know, a, a middle block in there. And um, really, I've spent the last two and a half years in, in recovery from from very, very traumatic things and things which exhausted me and every facet of my life. Um, and it, it, it takes as long as it takes, unfortunately, and circumstances can knock that as well. And the impact on my running has been profound. So I don't think it, it's quite as simple for me to say it's because I'm older that my running's got worse. It, it isn't that. It's been absolutely circumstantial. And if you are mentally exhausted and practically exhausted, I was a solo parent, for example, for two years. So when, when are you supposed to train? I mean, really, yeah. when you know, I did my best with a running buggy and so on, but it was very hard. And now my situation is entirely different in a very good way. And I feel so absolutely like a kind of a re rebirth like, like yeah. really coming back to myself and a, and a better version of myself than I've ever been and and so yes that that is I think now I'm at a point where I can say I am ready to put running back where it was once for me which was very high up my list of loves I love sport I love fitness and I love the feeling it gives me um and so I think I think, to be honest, however hard I had tried in the last few years, it was never going to happen. But now it can. So hence the goals, um, my new working goals. I've started a couple of new you know, work blogs and, and running is one of them. And I've decided that in this year that I'm turning 50, I'm going to run my first marathon. Oh, that's exciting. So, so have you done a marathon before? You've done a marathon distance before? Well, not really. I mean, I've done it once. Um, yeah. Um, maybe a month ago, um, yeah. almost exactly a month ago, actually, uh, I did. I covered the forty-two right. kilometer distance, but I yeah. stopped several times along the way, and it, and, and it was a it was a sort of an accident. I just headed out to see how far I could go, and it turned into a marathon. So yeah. great. Um, but as anyone who's done that before, I'm sure you know will sort of be nodding at this point. It's kind of once you've once you've done it, once you've done that distance, you go, all right, okay, I know what that distance is now. Maybe I could work to make that better. Um, so that's my my big target for later in this year yeah. is to run my first marathon. My body doesn't like it though. Like it my knees don't don't like it. No. Do you do you do you run longer? Um, I run, yeah, I, I run, I used to run very long distance, um, have probably haven't done long distance since about July, I think I did about 20, 21 miles back in July last miles. year. Miles, okay, yeah, um, yeah, all right, it's a long way. Yeah, I, I do find as I'm getting older that it does take its toll and I find it harder because I've slowed down a bit and... Yeah. Harder where, out. like... You just have your feet longer and it's just more tiring for me. Okay. Yeah. So it's not like a physical thing. So, you know, your knees have gone or your hips or something like that. It's it's more just generally you find it more tiring. Yeah, yeah. it's the tiring. I have had some knee issues this year, but I think that's down to perimenopause. Having oh, read right. about hormones and the effect that they can have on your body. Yeah. Yeah. That's so a whole I suspect discussion, it's that. It? Um, that's resolved itself as I've been experimenting with different kind of hormone therapies. So I've not had that for a while. Yeah. That's really interesting. And wow, that's, and that's great to yeah. hear that, you know, something, something's changed yeah. for the positive. Oh, that's great. I find, I certainly find the longer distances. Um, 
I yeah, I found them mechanically very challenging. Yeah. Uh, so I went out yesterday and did twenty five kilometers. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that was within a week where I'd done twenty one kilometers five days before. Now, honestly, my my normal in the last couple of years, again, only in this period where it's been very, very difficult. My training runs went from a daily 10K. That was my normal in Cambridge. I'd run 10K almost every day. Six days a week, I'd do that. Dropped to six, seven kilometers, maybe three times a week. Mm -hmm. To go to 10, that was my long run. I mean, and that's been the case for ages. So to suddenly go from that to, to a normal run is 10K and a weekly, every week, you clock a 21, every week. And let's say every other week, I will build towards a marathon length. That's massively increasing the the effort that my body's putting in and, and the effect on my body. Oh, I slept last night. It was like someone had knocked me out. Oh, did you sleep well? Because sometimes after a long run, I have a terrible night's sleep. It, um, well, yeah, it can yeah. go either way. The thing which held me back was um, I drank loads of water when I came in. So I needed the loo at night and I was starving. I was so <laughs> hungry. I woke up at two o'clock and four o'clock, both times, got up and ate food. Because so I mean, <laughs> I'm tiny, so I can't eat huge volumes of food. And anyway, when you're running long distances, you you know, you can't ingest a lot of food food. No. You just want the sugar and the kind of the gels and the sweets. Yeah pocket full of wine gums and off you go. Yeah. So is that your preferred fueling? Is that is that gonna are you gonna stick with the gels and the, the kind of the jelly babies? Well yeah and I was actually I was listening to a couple of runners uh, on a uh, on a different podcast recently so what you know what is your go-to fuel yeah. and it's amazing how many people just say sweets just a pocket yeah. full of sweets. The first time I ever had that was on the Wings for Life. So I did the I think it was the first ever Wings for Life in about 2015 or 16 or something in Cambridge in the summer and they had trestle tables this was before covid so you couldn't do this anymore but they had tables with piles of wine gums and i just remember thinking that's a bit weird but then yeah just grabbing handfuls and shoving them in my mouth and just sugar like (laughs) pouring down off my chin but it was like yes i need the sugar not the volume so it's very good but gels yeah i need to find you got a fake, I don't know, if, I don't know if we're allowed to sort of name names, but I need to find, yeah, my my best fuel supply that I can yeah. stick in a pocket. And Oh, um, well, we can certainly ask our followers for some suggestions there. I'm yeah. sure they'll be happy to, yeah. To I would love that. Yeah. yeah. What, what your preferred method of fueling is, do let us know. Yeah, yeah, I would really like to know that. And before and after as well. I'm not very, I don't, you know, I've never done carb loading or anything like that. That's never never been a thing for me I think one of the most important things actually pre-races is not to change anything I don't change my sleep pattern I don't apart from you know tapering sure I run less but I don't eat anything different I think you know especially when you're reaching 50 I mean you're you know your body my body has not changed really since I was 25 it's the same in same thing I my weight has barely fluctuated I mean I lost a bit of weight at one point I was rather skinny a couple of years ago but we're talking five percent it's not um so yeah people sort of say oh what do you do before a race and how do you like nothing it's the same yeah um and that seems to work really well for me I mean it's it's something I don't really like to say particularly because I don't want to cause problems for, for people but there is no doubt that the fastest I ran was when I was the lightest. 
Yeah. Um, you you know, it's just. I mean, you know, look, look at ultra runners. That yeah. look at the look at the world's best marathon runners. They don't yeah. carry anything. They're Kenyan and Ethiopian, and you know, or very very skinny skinny people. Um, and and the bottom line is, yeah, when I'm when I'm not carrying extra, and I have very high muscle to weight ratio, then I run my best. And yeah. I'm okay with that. So long as it's healthy, so long as I'm eating healthy, my body's functioning well, then that's how I like to feel and how I like to perform. Yeah, that's good to hear. I think we just, we need to make sure we, we are fueling ourselves well, don't we? Yeah. We don't need to be eating extra. We just need to be fueling well. Yeah, um, we need to be yeah. fueling well and we need to be d- listening to who we are and what our bodies need. Because there will be people who run at their best when they are heavier you know when they're bulkier when they have more muscle because they are more of a you know an ectomorph than an endomorph or whatever it is you know I know my body shape and size and so if anybody tries to emulate what I do if somebody tries to copy what I do it might not work for them at all and isn't that one of the most important things about you know doing any sort of sport at any level is it's coming to the understanding of your body and what works for you why is that so complicated why do people always have to compare and go oh this person does that I'll do that too why is it not working for me it's like well because you're not the same person so there you go (laughs) yeah it's very much trial and error isn't it when you're training like that for a lot for long distance it's just finding what works for you and using that training wisely to experiment really and try different things yeah Oh, definitely. I mean, I, I can go a long way on a you know packet of almonds. You know, it works for me. It gives me good fats. And I, I mean, I'm a fat consumer, so yeah. I like oil, f- fish, oily fish. I drink olive oil um, yeah. straight out of the bottle. Um, and that's how I work, whereas some people crave sugar and yeah. donuts and, and cakes and stuff. I, I don't like that stuff. Yeah, I think I'm in that camp. Chocolate, please. Oh, <laughs> oh, well, yeah, well, we put chocolate in its own bracket. Chocolate goes in the sex bracket. That's like it's a whole other thing. <laughs> it's just wonderful. <laughs> essential. It's essential life. Absolutely. Life <laughs> yeah, so you mentioned muscle there. Talk to me about kind of strength training. Do you do any of um, kind of weightlifting or any kind of strength training too? Talk to us a little bit about yeah. that. Yes, I do. I do. And I love it. I absolutely love it. And, um, you know, I've been doing it for, do you know what? You lose a decade, don't you? Every time I think I'm about to say 10 years, I mean 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) I've been doing it for about 20 years plus. And, um, when I started, I said, you know, when I started going to, to the gym to do weights, as in not to go to the gym to do aerobic stuff, but to do weights, mm-hmm. I was one of the only women in there. It was really unusual and um, and not very welcoming, particularly gyms were not pretty places as they are now and not welcoming as they, thank God, you know, they are now. Um, but it was very often a thing of, you know, we, women don't want to bulk up, you know, I don't want to get really yeah. big and muscly. I'm not quite sure how many weights I'd ever have to do to get big and muscly, but I think, I don't think it's ever going to happen to me. Yeah, a tiny. lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am a tiny person, but the, oh, is you, I assume you do weights, right? Yes. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Isn't it just the best thing? It is. It's a good feeling. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. And I love the feel and look of my body when it is super toned. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that has most definitely that lost um, quite a lot in the last 
few years um but how quickly you can get it back so if you if you've done the training like long long term just this is part of your everyday life just as you brush your teeth twice a day Mm -hmm. so you do weight training twice a week or three times a week whatever um if that is a part of your life then even if you go through a period of illness or whatever or pregnancy or practical you can't do it the muscle memory is there and only I think it must have been not more than about three weeks ago um I just decided I'd had enough actually of the way my body felt and because it, it's not a body that I was enjoying living in. I didn't recognize myself. I saw some pictures of myself swimming in the sea and I remember thinking, who's that? That's not me. That's not what I've ever looked like. And I put, I started putting the work in before Christmas and honestly the change is, when I say putting the work in, what do I mean by that? Okay, so every morning, plank every morning and I used to do a five minute plank every morning and I stopped doing it planks you know if I when I get up from a working break just do some crunches do some side planks I've been doing the work in the gym and it's like my body's coming back so underneath this other body was my body (laughs) mental image of who you were and it was still there it's kind of yourself again yeah yeah and and I feel like stand different and I smile more and I laugh more and I'm working better and I'm happier um and again it's winter you know we all hibernate and I get that and I kind of build up towards Christmas November December is always a bit you know but um but the but the positive the point is that you know when you build weight training into your normal part of your life the positive response to that in mental health terms, in how you look and how you feel, and then how you perform running is absolutely amazing. And it happens so quickly. Any of these things which say just 10 minutes a day of this, believe it. Yeah, it works. Doesn't 10 it? minutes yeah. a day yeah. of, of, of weight, even if it's your own body weight, um, you know, that you know, sort of core exercise and stuff makes a huge difference. Yes. Yeah. So what kind it. of impact does that have on you running then? Because there's probably people out there who are thinking, I should do it. I'm not quite sure I need it. You know, what what impact does it have? It's almost like, it's almost like saying, if you had a car, you know, what impact does it have having it more streamlined with, you know, better fuel and better tires? It's like, this is the basis, you know, and winter, winter training is, what is it? It's, it's, it's strength. It's strength training so that you can go and have your glory runs in the, in the summer with you, with your little running bra on feeling great. Um, but, but seriously, um, you know, more seriously, um, the impact on running of, of actual strength and proper weight training is enormous. When I run really well, it comes from my core, yeah. And I've said this for years and people are like, oh, isn't it all about legs? I'm like, well, no, because I mean, your legs are always going to be strong. And, you know, if you're running a lot and you do some weight training in your legs. But when my core is strong, um, I feel that each pace, it's like I've got a, like an elastic from my core pulling me forward. Yeah. And if you. OK, so another thing that I haven't done for a while, but I used to do. And actually now I really want to do it right now is watch beautiful runners watch oh god isn't it good and you watch them and I used to watch so many you know even if you go right back to um Chariots of Fire you know there was a film that I used to watch over and over again when I was very very young 
we used to watch, you know, the Olympics. I mean, you remember 2020, uh, 2012, right? The whole yeah. country went sports <gasps> athletics mad in 2012. It was yeah. fantastic. And I'm sure it's because we all sat at home watching people running and we all went, I want to do that. You know, I want that feeling. Watch people running. And when you run, <laughs> I remember when I was trying to run better and it worked. I used to just pretend that I was Mo Farah. Like, be Mo Farah. <laughs> And I just felt so good. I was like, yeah, I can do this. I would run faster. So whatever works for you. Um, but yeah, like anything else that you're trying to improve at, if you want to be a better writer, you know, read more, read more good books and, and study that. Study that. Yeah. If you want to be a better runner, watch people who do it better than you and, yeah. and do that thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, even going to park run, I, I love going to park run and just watching a whole range of runners come in because mm. uh, everybody's, you know, all shapes and sizes, everybody runs totally different. Uh, Do you know, and actually, yeah, that, that, is, that is such a good point that I've sort of gone off into the sort of, you know, running your very, very, very best and blah, blah, blah. But um, I started park runs just very recently. Um, I think I've done five in my life. Yeah. Um, and it was one of the, it is one of the loveliest things about park run, you know, is, is, to to really appreciate a that if you can run well how lucky that is that you know not every you know not everybody can do that um but also just how much joy anybody gets from running however fast or however far that yeah there was just it's just so much joy and enjoyment even the walkers you know there are people walking and you go running past on your second lap and they're still walking halfway around the first lap but they're out and they're chatting and they're having a great time and um yeah, that is so important to remember. It is absolutely, you know, your your goals and your targets are your own. And that kind of brings us, to, you know, into a, a whole conversation about, about the non-supportive sort of vibe that can be out there, some, a sort of a critical voice yeah. of people, oh, you're running too much and, you know. And um, I think we need to be so careful of that, not to listen to that, where, where if 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 you are in a group of people who don't understand why you run or want to run better, then you move into a different room yeah. or have different groups of people. Have that group of people because you hang out and you talk about other things. But if you really want to improve your running and enjoy your running, you've got to be talking with people who love running too. Yeah. Otherwise, it's it it's not it's just not going to pull you forward and, and let you enjoy what you enjoy. Yeah, I think that's absolutely crucial. And I think that kind of leads us into not comparing yourself to other people as well in terms of pace and, you know, number of runs you're doing. Because, you know, especially with social media, if you're putting on there what you're doing, there'll always be somebody telling you you're doing it wrong or, you need or that to they went it. out faster. It's difficult, yeah. though, isn't it? Yeah. The difference between comparing yourself with other people and being inspired by other people to do yeah. better. Yeah. You know, it's a fine because... line sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, is it so bad for me to scroll through Instagram? And obviously, I follow loads of running accounts like we all do, yeah. um, which is pretty much all it shows me now is mountains and running. It's wonderful. Um, but <laughs> you know i i get real benefit from that it doesn't make me feel lazy it yeah. makes me feel oh yeah yeah i want to go out and and do that so it's not a com it's not a negative comparison thing it's more an inspiration a motivation yeah um to 
to go out. It's a bit funny though. You see, we wouldn't say the same about you know home decoration. You wouldn't no. you wouldn't say to someone, oh, you know, you keep looking at all these pictures of people painting their walls a different color, and now you need to. Well, maybe you would. But it, but it can inspire you and it can inform you and you can go, actually, yeah, I do. I do want to do that to my house or whatever. Um, I'm just all for people sharing, being happy about what they love doing. Yeah, yeah. That's just the loveliest thing in any walk of life. And um, the running community is, is particularly very supportive, though, yeah. isn't it? I mean, it, it is, is. Yeah. It is lovely, yeah. um, much more so than, let's say, the parenting community can sometimes be or in the creative industries you know sometimes we can be quite um protective over our ideas or over you know whereas the running community everybody just wants to share positive stuff and encourage each other i love it I love yeah it. yeah that's a good point actually <clears throat> so, so the because you're a writer i mean how do those two worlds those two loves of yours cross over you you, you, you mentioned you're writing a bit more about running have you got any mm. any more plans I am. Thank you for mentioning it. I can now direct you all to my <laughs> to my new running blog. Uh, I have started something called The Running Diaries. What an original title. Um, <laughs> but um, I'm going to start just diarying my journey to the marathon. But going oh, right back to when I started running, um, my, first, my first post about that will be, in fact, this week. Um, when I was a very young child and the, just the beginnings of my running, I want to talk about running all around the world and different runs that people can do. I will be interviewing other runners. I have a very particular interest in running um, for mental health and more particularly even for um, trauma recovery and ADHD and PD PTSD, um, okay. all of which I have... <laughs> I have luckily, not luckily, that all of which I have experience yeah. with. Um, and there is a very strong link and, and there's more and more work being done in it between the benefits of the particular movement of running, this repetitive movement and, and ADHD and PTSD and the good things it can do for a brain that has been changed um, yeah. for various reasons or which is just functioning in, in, in a way you know, that makes various things difficult and that the action of running can really help that. And so I'm going to be writing a book about that um, sort of as as time goes on. And I, and I really want to talk to people who have found that running in particular um, is something which has helped them, not just with mental health generally and with yeah. depression, anxiety, but more specifically with, with, um, with PTSD and with mm -hmm. ADHD, um, because there's, there's not enough there's not enough written about it actually and yeah. when you start talking with people about it a lot of people come forward and say yes I find that and there are very good reasons for that and that's what I want to be writing more about um and again and just connecting with the community so it's on yeah. Substack by the way um so if people go to a thing or go to go to my profile am I allowed to say this at this point yeah you can say that yeah <laughs> I was gonna ask you at the end anyway so we might as well oh. do it here that's fine okay well, well maybe you'll chuck it up on the on the info but if people go to my my profile which is my handle is Liz Fraser one yeah. on Twitter and Instagram and there'll be links on there to my Substack to to the running diaries and the Venice diaries um because I also live partly in Venice in Italy and I do a lot of running there and people don't think of Venice as a place to run. And it's oh, no. actually a fantastic place yeah, to run. Yeah, talk to us a little bit about that then. I've never, I, I, I lived in Italy for a while, but oh, I wasn't yeah. a runner. I wasn't a runner then. So I've never done any running over there. Oh, where did you, um, where did you live roughly? Um, I lived in um, Pescara, which is in Abruzzo. Oh yeah. Further south. Oh, Abruzzo is gorgeous. Yeah. 
very rural and very mountainous. Very and, mountainous. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I've never been to Venice, though. Tell us about Venice. Well, I moved to Venice in 2018 uh, and then moved back again a year later. But And so now I come and go between the two. So I live partly in the UK and, and partly yeah. um, here in Venice. And it's... Well, I mean, it's, it's a city like everybody knows. It's got gondolas and canals and bridges, but um, it's it's an incredible place, very close to the Dolomites, which is a mountain yeah. range just to the north of Venice. Um, and we have an island called Lido, which is sort of 15 kilometers long and flat. So if you want to do a beautiful, flat, half marathon training, Lido is your place. Okay. And I also run over the bridges at night. So if you run through Venice at night, up and over bridges, you you know, for a start, you're having the most incredible tourist experience, but yeah. you're also running. So going forward, I, um, I'm hoping to run running retreats in Venice, actually, and get groups of people to come over and we'll run Venice because then you get the best of the best of everything really you're yeah, doing this sounds amazing yeah in a really beautiful place it's hard on the feet um venice is made of stone yeah. pretty much it's all stone slabs but there's a very strong running community out there and that's another lovely thing you know when you travel and you know you i was in annecy which is near geneva but it's in france um a couple of times over the summer and you know the running community in that you know, Chamonix and, and Geneva and Annecy. It was fantastic. And people would kind of pull you in and go, come on, you want to come for this run? Let's go for this run. All right, great. <laughs> you know? So I really love the international yeah. aspect of running um, and that, you you know, you can enter a marathon anywhere in the world and build it into a holiday. And yeah, you can. I mean, Venice has its own marathon, of course, doesn't it? Uh, it does. Yeah, there's a marathon at the end of October. Yeah. Um, I ran the 10K, the Venice, so the Venice Marathon has a 10K at the beginning yeah. of it. Um, and I ran that one in 2018, um, which was before they'd built the flood barrier. And w- so we came in first, obviously, because we were the 10K. But by the time the marathon finishers were coming in, they were knee deep in oh, water wow. <laughs> because the floods were really bad that year. So that's, uh, you know, that always adds a bit, of a bit of difference, a bit of fun. I quite like to do Berlin, like everybody wants to do Berlin. Yeah. Um, I have no draw particularly to New York or Chicago or sort of, um, you know, like a big, big, big commitment like that to one of the really big ones. I think that sounds a bit overwhelming to me. Um, but I always watch with great awe um, people who do it, you know, and, and yeah. commit to that. Yeah. And the trouble is, the thing is, I'd go all the way over there and then I'd get a stomachache or something or, you know, Achilles tendonitis and I'd, <laughs> the whole thing would be scuppered. <laughs> But, um, yeah, it's a lot of pressure, isn't it? I think. Will you choose a smaller marathon for your? First I have already chosen. Marathon. I have entered. I have my race entry, and I have a running partner who's Excellent. going to run it with me, which is going to make it really exciting, actually. Because yeah. I'm not going to tell you where it is yet. No. So you have to follow the running diaries. Okay. Yeah, at a certain point, I'm going to drop the big bombshell. A bit of intrigue. See, <laughs> but um, I run alone. You know, I, I, I like running alone. Mm-hmm. I know that a, a lot of my running friends are the same. Um, generally, it's for um, practical reasons, to be honest. Yeah. I, I, I tried to commit to a running club several times, but the meets were always at times when I couldn't go or I couldn't get childcare or it was like, didn't work for me. Or, you know, I work freelance. I'd be called into the TV thing in London, so I couldn't do it. So I run only when it works for me. Isn't that one of the greatest things about running? You're not letting anybody down. I used to be a Cox for a rowing um, crew when I was at Cambridge. And, um, you know, you couldn't not turn up because if one person doesn't turn up, then that's nine people who've 
yeah. another eight people have just been knocked out of their day. Whereas I love the independence of running the piece. I don't want to talk and run. I want to run and either run and think or run and not think. But I think for a marathon, it feels slightly different that it will be very nice to have somebody, um, you know, to encourage you on the tough days and say, right, come on, we're going to do a really, really big one this week or, you know, let's take a rest day. That will be very good for me to have something. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to do your training together then? Is that the plan or follow the same uh, plan? We'll be doing the training together, but remote, like, but not always yes, together individually. In Africa. Um, yeah. But yeah, I would say so. Well, they, um, this person is also team GB level kind of mm. athlete. So okay. way above my level um, in their own sort of field. But I just, I think I just, I'm so enjoying the, the, the community spirit of it all. But to have somebody to tell me to take a rest day will be really good for me. I, I'm very bad at rest days, which, you know, you know, uh, are so important. Yeah. Um, or I'm quite good at varying. Mm. I'm quite a good all round, you know, and especially in the summer, I'll go swimming, um, sort of really sort of mix it up a little bit or even I'll just do some <laughs> I'll do ballet dancing at home so you know you can, yeah. I, can I can just do some ballet and, and that oh my goodness you want to stretch your That's glutes stretch, I can imagine yeah <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that gets my glutes so like what just happened there oh right okay that's a muscle I don't use when I'm running <laughs> our, our ballet dancers not the most incredible all-round athletes that exist absolutely I mean, yeah. terrible terrible at ballet but it, it's um, but it's good for the stretching. And yeah, and as long as you're having fun, that's the main thing. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what does your have, have you kind of written out your marathon plan then? What does it look like? What kind of things <laughs> have you picked up any tips yet? <laughs> your well, training buddy that you can share with us. I I laugh because I am well known in all my running community friends as the person who has no plan. Okay. I have no plan and this is actually part of the reason one of the really attractive things for me of doing this marathon is because I've yeah. got to have a plan yeah. that's it um so my mantra and I was writing this on my blog um recently this year the two words are consistency and discipline oh yes I love it yeah that's it so it's like the plank it's the every day you do it I don't care that you are five minutes late for work you're going to get down there and you're going to do your plank um, and again, it just comes back to that kind of that sluggishness, that laziness of thinking and of being. And so in everything that I do, you know, making the phone call to your parents, it's, it's, it's everything. Yeah. Consistency and discipline and do it as an experiment. This is an experimental year for me. Yeah. What happens if I do things differently to how I usually do them? And when I get to the end of the year, what impact will have that have had on me, my life, my work, my income, my social life and my running? Yeah. um so there will be a plan yeah the marathon's a wee way off so it's not yeah, it's not like it's yeah. month I've got I've got time yeah, got a while um and I will have a plan and I would love please to hear from you guys people listening you know what is the best marathon training plan that you followed what is the best app to be on or the best you know Instagram profile to follow or, or what because I really want to to a little bit do as I'm told this time and go, all right, okay. this person says, do that. I'm going to do that. <laughs> Which goes against the grain so high, so strongly, I can't tell you. <laughs> it's nice to try something different though, isn't it? And you know, that that might pay off and you might, you know, you might have an amazing marathon and 
Yeah. Who knows? You don't know I'm, unless you try, do you? I might. You never know until you try. And what I do know, so I'm quite good on that looking at, like, let's look at actual facts here. The actual mm-hmm. fact is that I'm not running as well as I could, as well as I used to, and as, as well as I'd like to be. So if I just take that as that's, that's, that's the status quo, I want to change that status quo. It's not going to change if I don't change anything. And given that I am very stuck in my ways, if I, if I devote myself to doing things differently, mm-hmm. let's see. If it doesn't work, it's a year of my life gone. It's fine. I'll go back to just my haphazard way of living. <laughs> Oh, well, we'll look forward to hearing how it goes and we'll keep an eye on your blog then, Liz, for updates. Thank you very much. And um, I think one of the loveliest things about blogs particularly is that, you know, people do interact um, and, and do write. And um, and I would love to come on and host another UK Run Chat um, for you guys again at some point because I love doing that. And every time I do it, so many people, you know, come my way and we enter these, albeit brief conversations, but some of them have now lasted I think the last one I did was over a year ago till just recently. Yeah. And I'm still in touch with some of those people. Oh, so. that's incredible, isn't it? That's the power of community, really, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You have a great, great running community on there, and I, and I really enjoy it. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, and I know a lot of other people who follow it and get get a lot from it. So that's great. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's been absolutely wonderful learning a bit more about you, Liz, and chatting to you today. So thank you so much. Can you just remind all our listeners where they can find you on social media? Yeah, please don't come and find me. I don't want to be found, but you can find no, me. Right, in real life. <laughs> uh, I'm usually running around somewhere. Yeah. Um, my social media handle is Liz Fraser One. So L I Z F R A S E R, and then the number one. And my Substack is the Running Diaries and the Venice Diaries, of which there will be overlap. So come and find me. Come and chat to me. Come and connect with me. And come and make me a better runner, please. Thanks very much. <laughs> and we'll we'll look forward to seeing more of your joyful running photos and those beautiful photos of Venice that you're always sharing. So thank, thank you. you very much. <laughs>